0: High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, Lead Pastor, here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Listen, if a devil's told you that you know you can't be used of the Lord, how many know the devil's a liar? And if the devil said you can't be used, that means God has a great plan for your life. If the devil told you that you'll never amount to anything, hear this, God's going to cause you to be something, hallelujah. He's going to cause you to be great. As a matter of fact, he's going to cause you to begin to excel in the things that he desires you to begin to put your hand to, amen? Uh, if you will this morning, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22, uh, verse 14. Verse 14. I have a message this morning, and it's just basically called yes. Everybody say yes. Yes. Look at somebody and say yes. Yes. And then look at somebody and say yes, Lord. You know, one of the things that I have found, and you may want to go ahead and write this down, is that destiny, promise, and purpose are always fulfilled on the other side of your yes. As a believer, you must begin to learn to use the word yes. There are so many believers that I know that are constantly using the word no and making excuses as to why they can't do this or why they won't do that or, or why they won't get involved in this or why they won't put their hand to it. And by the way, if you don't have an excuse, the devil is always there to give you one. But I believe that the Lord is wanting to turn your no and he wants to turn your excuse into an emphatic, Yes, I will serve the Lord. Yes, I will do the will of God. Amen. Amen. And it's very interesting as uh, Will began to get up here and prophesy, I thought he might have known what I was preaching this morning. He had no idea. How many of you heard the Spirit of the Lord saying, it's time that you must begin to say yes to him? And again, he didn't know what I was preaching this morning. The Holy Spirit is saying something to you today. This is not just a nice message. I believe this is a prophetic declaration that God is speaking over this house today. High praise, it's time to say yes. It's time to say yes. Yes. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to be a yes man. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not talking about when I say a yes, man. I'm not talking about somebody that just says yes to that which is wrong. But I am saying that we need to learn to say yes. Whenever we hear the voice of the Lord, we need to say yes. Whenever we begin to feel the Lord moving us in a direction, rather than making an excuse, we need to say yes. Amen? When Rather than you know tr- trying to come up with some kind of reason, maybe it's uncomfortable for us to begin to move in that direction. We don't need to make excuses and say no. We must learn to say yes, amen. What's very interesting is the Bible actually says over in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter one that all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So we know that all the promises of God are yes. By the way, if you're praying for healing, understand that God's not gonna answer that prayer, yes, maybe, or wait a while, or no. How many know his promises are uh, How many of you know whenever you begin to cry out for healing, his promise is? Whenever you cry out for deliverance, his promise is? When you cry out for salvation, his promise is? Whenever you need your family restored, his answer is? God's answer to our issues is always yes I will do it. You know whenever Jesus was asked to come and heal somebody he said yes I will come and heal him. So we know that the will of God is healing. The will of God is deliverance. The promises of God are yes and amen. Again it doesn't say maybe the promises of God are maybe uh, the promises of God are wait a while or the promises of God are no uh, and this is just your lot in life and you need to suffer for Jesus for the rest of your life? My friend, the promises of God are yes and amen. I love the song that we sang this morning. As a matter of fact, I could stand singing in every service. There's something about that song whenever we begin to sing it. I've seen cancer disappear. I've seen broken bodies healed. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Why? Because his promises are yes and amen. I've seen real life resurrection. How many of you have seen some real-life resurrection? We have as a family on two different occasions literally seen the dead raise. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Hallelujah. Amen? His promises are yes. His promises are amen. Listen, whatever you're facing today, and I know that, you know, it seemed like, you know, we always are facing maybe something within our lives. But hear this. The promise of God to you today is yes, I will do it. Yes, I will heal. Yes, I will deliver. Yes, I will set you free. Yes, I will heal your family. Yes, I will restore your marriage. Yes, I will cause the prodigal to come home. Yes, I will deliver that lost loved one who's bound by sexual perversion. I will deliver them and set them free. My answer is Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at somebody and say, God's saying yes to you today. But again, another understanding that we must begin to embrace is this. Although the promises of God are yes, the promises of God are amen. If they are not met with our yes, we will never see them fulfilled within our lives. Although God is saying yes to you today, the question is this. Are you saying yes to him? I'm not just saying say yes to an invitation to come down and shake the preacher's hand and be led in a prayer of salvation. That's wonderful, that's good, and that's where it may start. But I want you to know that God wants you to say yes to more than just being saved. You know what, I found there's a lot of people that say yes to Jesus as Savior, but there are fewer that say yes to him as being Lord and the one that they surrender their life wholly to. How many of you know it's not enough just to see him And say, yes, Lord, I want want you to save me, and I I don't want to go to hell. But understand this, we must begin to say yes to his lordship in our lives. Yes, Lord, you you can be lord of my life on Monday and on Tuesday. You can be lord of what's coming out of my mouth. You can be Lord of what's going into my eye gate. You can be Lord of everything within my life. Can everybody say amen today? You see, we have to not just say yes to his salvation, but we also have to say yes to his lordship. So understand this, God's purpose and promise will never be fulfilled until we can say yes. A yes is required for us to see God move within our lives. Again, even the prophetic word this morning, God was exhorting us that we had to say yes to breakthrough. How many of you will say yes to breakthrough within your life today? How many of you need a breakthrough within your life? Look, you can either whine and cry and get in the mully grubs and have a pity party, or you can begin to say, yes, Lord, to your breakthrough. I'm going to go ahead and begin to act like breakthrough is already here, even if I don't see it right now, even if I can't feel it right now, even if I can't touch it right now, I'm going to go ahead and begin to say yes to breakthrough, amen? I say yes to breakthrough. I say yes to deliverance. I say yes to everything that God has for me. I'm firmly convinced there's a lot of believers that whenever they get to heaven, you know, the Lord's going to tell them, you know, I had so much more for you that you never entered into. And it wasn't because I was withholding it from you. It's solely because you never said yes to it. It was available to you, but you never really said yes. And I believe that the Lord is wanting us to move in to this dimension of yes. It is the yes dimension, if I can use that terminology. A yes is required for us to see God move within our lives. God has already said yes to us, but we must respond with a yes out of our own heart and out of our own being. He will not do anything within our lives, hear this, without our permission. Do you realize that God has given man authority in the earth? Listen, if God could save everybody on the planet, he would save everybody. But understand, even though he's already made it available, salvation is a promise to everybody. But until somebody says yes to Jesus, they cannot receive salvation. You know what? He's already said yes to you in every area of your life. But you have to say yes to him and begin to grab hold of it, apprehend it, receive it, and embrace it within your life. For you that are believing for family today, see lost loved ones restored, to see your children get back on course. Listen, it just requires you to begin to say yes to the Lord. You have to begin to say yes to him. You know, we live in a world of no. (laughs) We live in a world, again, as I said a little previously, we got people that make excuses all the time. How many of you will be honest enough to say, there's been times within my life I've made excuses? All right, we'll have an altar call for the rest of you at the end of the service. The reality is probably all of us have made excuses for ourselves before about the things of God. We make excuses as to why we can't get involved in this and why we can't do that. And I believe, listen, the more more you begin to engage in the things of the Lord, I believe the more you'll see promises fulfilled within your life. I'm going to say it again. The more you begin to engage yourself in the things of God, the more you will see promise and destiny and purpose fulfilled within your life. I will tell you this, everything I'm doing right now It started with a yes that I said to the Lord, and not only to the Lord, I said yes to some people that were an authority within my life. Before I started leading worship, before I knew that I could even lead worship, I was asked by the pastor, would you lead worship? And you know what I said? I could have easily said, well, uh, uh, no, I, I play the piano, I play the trumpet, but I'm really not a worship leader. You know, before I knew it, I said yes. You know, one of the things that my mom and dad always taught me is learn to obey those who have authority over you. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. How many of you know we ought to obey those who have authority within our lives? That God places people within our lives. God places spiritual authority within our lives. I'm not talking about control or manipulation. I'm just talking about doing things when you're asked to do it. Right? You know what, if somebody asks you to get a vacuum cleaner out and vacuum something, you don't have to pray and go into deep intercession to find out if the anointing of God is present to do that, right? I mean, just say yes and get in there and put your hand to the plow. There was nobody else to lead worship. I was the last, you know, I was kind of the bottom of the rung. I was, the you know, the bottom of the totem pole, as they would say. I was on the, you know, I was the last resort, can I tell you, God can take a last resort and turn it into something shining if you'll just learn to say yes. If you just learn to say yes. They needed a worship leader. I said yes. I remember the very first time I ever led worship. I was out of breath by, before the first song was over. I was playing the piano. I can distinctly remember looking out at somebody on the front row and sticking my tongue out like... <laughs> I I was out of breath. I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it. Thank God for the grace of God that sustained me, and I made it until the end. But the reality is it wasn't something that I set my heart out to do. See, I didn't know the moment that they asked me to lead worship that one day God had a destiny and a purpose for me, that I would one day lead worship on an album that would go literally around the world. I didn't know at that time that God had anointed me to write songs that would literally go around the world. I'm not beating myself on the chest. I'm just saying this. If you'll just learn to say yes, God will do something great within your life. You may feel like you're disqualified. You may feel unqualified. You may feel like that you don't have anything to offer. But if you'll just say yes, God will do something great in your life. Amen? God can never do anything in the lives of people that say no all the time. God cannot do anything in the lives of those who make excuses for themselves all the time. And again, excuses abound. There's an excuse every time you turn around as to why you can't do something, why you can't get involved, why you can't begin to put your hand to the plow. But I'm telling you, it's time to begin to put away the excuses and begin to, rather than say no, begin to say yes. Amen? you got to begin to say yes. The first thing that you need to learn to say yes to is the very call of God. Matthew twenty-two fourteen 14 says this, Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. It's a very interesting passage of Scripture. This ends a, a parable that Jesus was giving of a man that was throwing a wedding feast. And he sent his servants out to invite everybody, say, and tell them to come because he had a feast prepared for them. Come to the marriage of my son. Come, there's a feast that I prepared. And, you know, they began to make light of it. Some of them even, you know, uh, did bodily harm to some of the servants that the, the master sent to bring people in. And finally what he ended up doing, he said, I want you to go out and I want you to find people because, listen, all these people that were invited, they're not going to come. As a matter of fact, it actually, in the parable, he sends an army out and destroys them all. And then what happens, he, he goes and finds those that are in the highways, and the hedges, so to speak, and he has them come. And so what Jesus is doing in this parable is he's showing the, 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 the difference between the called and the chosen. I'm going to to give you a, a very easy definition to define those who are called versus those who are chosen. How many of you want to be chosen today? See, we don't want to just be called. We want to be chosen. You see, all the ones who were first invited, they were called. They received the call, but they responded to the call with a no. And so what ended up happening is they were shut out From the dinner, they were shut out from the feast. But then the Lord sent the messengers to go out and begin to invite those who were, so to speak, outside the camp. And they all responded with a yes. This is the primary difference between the called and the chosen. The chosen are the ones who say yes, the called are just the ones who keep saying no. They keep making excuses for themselves. As a matter of fact, I'll even go so far as to say this. The difference between the called and the chosen, the chosen are the ones who show up. You know, sometimes you just got to show up. Sometimes you just got to be there. You know, there's a lot of things that you end up receiving just because you're in the right place at the right time. I just brought something to my mind. Uh, As many of you know, Pastor Stacy and I You know, whenever we go on a vacation or we get away, usually we will go on a cruise. Now, I don't do anything else. Just so you know, I've never been on a golf course in my life. Not that there's anything wrong with a golf course or a set of clubs. I've never went hunting. I don't go fishing. The last time I went fishing was with my daddy. Whenever I was about eight years old, I was bored out of my head. I went all day long. I caught three little fish, and I said, forget about this. So I didn't go fishing, I don't go hunting, I don't do anything. I mean, the only, if you want to call it hobby that we have, uh, have ever had, is we like to go and get on really, really not 18-foot fishing boats. We like to get on 8, you know, 1,000-foot, 180-foot-wide big boats, okay? That's what we like to get on. They don't allow any fishing on the boat, so that's fine with me. I don't feel disappointed whatsoever. But the reality is, we were one time, we were just sitting up in a, because of our status that we've accumulated over the years that we've been doing this, we have some special privileges. And there was a couple that was with us. As a matter of fact, it was uh, uh, Prophet Greg and Julie Bailey. They've ministered here from Australia, from the land down under. And we were in our, a private uh, lounge area. We were sitting there having a Diet Coke and just talking and looking out over the water and everything that was going on, just enjoying the fellowship. And uh, and they they came in and the, the, uh, a, an officer came in and was talking to the concierge. And then next thing You know the officers coming over to us and saying, "Uh, "Would you would you like to dine with the captain tonight?" And uh, you know, I didn't even think about it twice (laughs) because when you dine with the captain, I'm telling you, it's meal extraordinaire. I mean, I'm telling you, the meal was just, I don't want to get you too hungry right now. I want you to stay concentrated. But it was a meal extraordinaire. You got a filet. As a matter of fact, Gil and Ruthie, yes, they've gotten to eat with us. And also, because my mom and dad share my name, praise the Lord, they got to eat at the captain's table also. Praise the Lord. Aren't y'all glad y'all share my name? Praise the Lord. (laughs) So anyway... But Greg and Julie Bailey, they had no status whatsoever. You know, no status. They'd only been on a few cruises. But they're sitting with us at the right time in the right place. And the 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 officer comes over there and says, "Would you like to come and dine at the captain's table?" That's like saying "sick him to a dog." We said, "Absolutely!" Hallelujah. Greg and Julie, would you like to dine with the captain tonight and eat filet mignon and have a? They brought they brought out this this dessert that came out in a almond uh, candied bowl and it was I mean it was just absolutely awesome. A lot of chocolate on it. Yum, hallelujah. I thought I died and went to heaven at that. It was like the marriage supper of the Lamb right there. (laughs) Absolutely awesome. Now, I said all that to say that this the only reason that they were able to do that is because they were in the right place at the right time. Let me say it another way they just showed up. Can, there's a lot of things that you'll receive just because you show up. Can I tell you, there's times in services that the people that are here, that are they're going to receive something that those who decided not to, they decided to, they were holy rollers, the alarm went off, and they rolled on over and didn't get up and get ready and come to the house of the Lord. See, the people that show up are the ones that get the blessing, right? It's just about saying Yes. There's always an excuse. There's always something going on. But you see, we have to begin to say yes to the call. The call comes, but in order to be a chosen, we have to say yes. The chosen are those who say yes to the call. Amen? The only ones who ate at the wedding feast were those who said, yes, can I tell you that God has created and set before us a feast? There is a feast of salvation. There is a feast of healing. You know, what? it's like, a, if I can say it like this, it's like a smorgasbord. It's like a big giant buffet. And whatever you need is on that buffet. But you've just got to say yes to it. You've got to embrace it. You've got to grab hold of it. Amen. And so he's put all these things in front of us, and we just have to say yes to us. Amen? So the only ones who ate at the wedding feast were those who just said yes. Every one of us, by the way, we're called. I want you to look at somebody and say, you are called. But if you want to be chosen, then you've got to say yes. Every one of us are called. As a matter of fact, 1 Peter 2.9 says that we've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Yet there are many people that remain in darkness. Many never come into the light. Many believers. Not just unbelievers, but many believers, they still walk in darkness as far as the way that they're living, the way that they conduct their life. But see, you've been called out of darkness, but you've got to say yes to actually experience the light in its fullness. God calls us to be his children. We're called to be conformed to the very image of Jesus. But there are a lot of believers that I know, at least people that have walked down the aisle and said the sinner's prayer, that they'd... They don't look like Jesus, and they don't act like Jesus. And by the way, if we're going to say we're Christians, then we ought to act like we're Christians. Can I say that? I'm going to say that for all the folks back there in the back. If we're going to say we're Christians, then we ought to act like Christians. Amen? If we're going to say we're believers, then we ought to act like believers. If you're going to say you're a Christian, then every four-letter word doesn't need to be coming out of your mouth on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Amen? If you're going to say you're a believer, don't wear a cross around your neck and all of a sudden all kind of profanities are flying out of your mouth all the time. Am I getting in anybody's business today? I hope that I am because, listen, if we're going to say we're Christians, then everybody who looks at us, everybody who hears us talk, everybody who sees the way that we live, we ought to be exhibiting every single day of our life. Don't tell me you're a Christian and acting like an unbeliever. You need to go back to the altar. And by the way, you might need to go jump in that pool and have somebody hold you down a little bit longer and get you back up. Amen? Is this strong enough for you today? I, I didn't come to pussyfoot around. I ain't Tiny Tim. Tiptoe through the tulips. I'm not going to tiptoe through the tulips whatsoever. Amen? We have to understand it's time that Christians start acting like Christians, behaving like Christians, talking like Christians, walking like Christians, in our business dealings, acting like believers rather than those in the world. Amen? That means we're honest. But thank you for that overwhelming response. Obviously, we got some dishonest people in here. We'll have an altar call at the end of the service. We're called to look like Jesus. We're called to behave like him. We're called to conduct our life in the same manner that he conducted his life. That means this, I'm called to look like him. Can you look at somebody and say, you're called to look like him. Come on, tell somebody you're called to look like Jesus. But understand this, you'll never look like Jesus until you say yes. Right? you got to say, yes, Lord, I'm willing. I didn't just say yes to be my Savior. I said yes to look like you. I said, yes, I'm going to be a reflection of your glory. I say, yes, Lord, I'm going to look like you in everything I do, everything I say, the way I conduct my life. I'm going to look like you. I say, yes. Look at somebody and say, you got to say yes. In other words, I say yes to addiction in the sense that I will not be addicted to anything. Are you all following what I'm saying? I say yes to freedom because I'm not going to allow those things to take control of my life. I say yes, that I'm not going to be a druggie. Thank you for that overwhelming response. By the way, if you need, listen, I'm not here to condemn anybody. If you need freedom, if you need deliverance from whatever it is, I want you to know that there is freedom and deliverance in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. Whatever you need, I want you to know it's available in Jesus today. Amen? God calls us to look like him. The next area is commissioning. I won't be able to finish this message, I see. We'll wait till the next time. The next area, and I'll just close with this, commissioning. You know what? How many of you know everybody has an assignment? If you, listen, if you're a part of the body of Christ, there's an assignment that God has for you. There's a job that God has for you. Yes, you can have a job out in the secular world. As a matter of fact, you should have some kind of job. That's a good thing. You should have a career. Young people, you need to go after a good career. You need to also be led by the Holy Ghost in the selection of that. And you need to put your hand to it and do a good job. But by the way, don't ever let your career become something greater than God in your life. Don't don't allow that to become the priority. Always make Jesus the priority of your life. Amen. But understand, but not only do you have necessarily something, a vocation in the natural that you're to fulfill, but there's an assignment that God has given you as a part of the body of Christ. It actually says over in Ephesians chapter 4 that the entire body of Christ is built up as every joint supplies. Every joint has something to supply. Every joint has an assignment. Every joint has a job. Can you look at somebody and say, you've got a job But understand this, the only way that job is going to be fulfilled is you've got to say yes to that job. You have to say yes to that assignment. You have to say yes to doing your share. You have to say yes to supplying what God wants you to supply in the body of Christ. There's no way for the church to be built up and made strong unless, hear this, everybody is doing their job and everybody is pulling together. Everybody, here this morning, hear this. You have a function in the body of Christ, but you've got to say yes to your commissioning. You've got to say yes to your function. God's not going to force you to do anything. He's not going to, you know... Uh, handcuff you and, br- and make you come to church. He's not going to, you know, necessarily get a whip out and begin to whip you into place. Understand, you have to say yes. Saying yes to your function, by the way, usually involves a yes to somebody in pastoral leadership. I'm going to say that one again because you need to write it down. Saying yes to your function, saying yes to your commissioning and your assignment usually involves a yes to somebody in pastoral leadership. You just have to say yes. You know, I learned a long time ago that one of the best things that I could do was say yes whenever I was asked to do something. I remember whenever I was at Christian International staff many, many years ago, and we just spent about uh, five days with Bishop Hammond and uh, many of the, the CI uh, leadership, Christian International leadership. But anyway, while we were there, I, it brought back many memories that I had. You know what? And there was a lot of things that were uncomfortable to me. In the beginning uh, season when I first went on staff, I can remember them asking me to prophesy to people. I was, they were asking me to stir up the gift and begin to move out and prophesy, and it was quite uncomfortable, much like it may have been to many of you. How many of you, the first time that you might have been asked to prophesy to somebody, how many of you felt maybe a little bit uncomfortable? You know, you felt, oh, I don't know if I can do this, you know, and I could have easily said no, but you know what? I said yes. You know, I, And I learned that if you'll just learn to say yes, great things will happen within your life. The reason I prophesy and flow in the manner that I do now is because I was willing to say yes when it felt uncomfortable. You know, you got to learn to say yes when it feels uncomfortable. You have to learn to say yes whenever you really don't feel like doing it. Has anybody here ever not felt like on Sunday morning getting up and going to church? But how many of you said yes anyways? And how many of you know once you got there, God did something in your life, right? It's all because you said yes. And so you have to say yes to your commissioning. I'll close with this. Many, many years ago, 1988. February of 88, we were ordained. We'd been ordained with a previous organization, and we were ordained with Christian International at that time, and Bishop Hammond, and at that time he wasn't a bishop yet. They called him Dr. Bill. But anyway, uh, he laid hands upon Pastor Stacy and I, began to prophesy. One of the things that he prophesied is that you're going to stand and prophesy by the hour. And I thought at that time, man, you you know, I'm, I'm thinking whenever you get the word, that's awesome, right? If anybody ever gotten the word and you went, man, that's awesome, I can't wait for that. But yet, whenever it comes time to fulfill it, it looks a little bit different than what you thought it was going to be. Right? And it's not quite the glory and the splendor that you thought that it was going to be. I found that God always fulfills his word a little bit differently than what we think that it's going to be fulfilled. You think that, you know, all of a sudden one day a supernatural anointing is going to just drop on you in the middle of a service and whoa! I mean, you're going to light the fire, so to speak. Well, it didn't happen that way. It just so happened three days later I was scheduled to give my testimony in a full gospel businessmen's meeting in Panama City Beach. Gene Ford uh, was the president of that chapter and he had been out at CI on their Friday night meetings and he had seen how Bishop Hammond would prophesy to people, Leon Walters would prophesy to people and and many of the other prophets, you know, people would come from all around, literally from a hundred mile radius on Sunday uh, Friday night and they'd come and receive prophetic ministry because it was not as widespread and not as available back in the, you know, the 80s like it is now. I mean, now there's, you know, uh, there's a lot of Prophetic ministry that is available. We have it here every service. There's prophetic ministry that's available every single service. But the reality is, you know, um, I, I gave, they asked me to give my testimony. It's a miracle. Listen, it's a miracle they asked me to give my testimony. And this is why. I'd never been in prison. i have never done drugs. I never even had a cigarette in my mouth. I never drank booze. The only thing I'd ever had was when I was four years old, I had a little sip of beer. My dad was over at some, some people's house, I'm going to tell on him. It wasn't really him, but because we didn't have any alcohol in our house, you know, growing up. And I thank God. I, I, we, I'm, I'm glad that I was brought up in a clean household. Praise God. But we didn't have any alcohol there. But anyway, nonetheless, uh, my dad, I don't even know who it was, but we went over, they went over to somebody's house, and I was about four years old, and I saw that he had something to drink there, and I was thirsty. And I said, Daddy, I'm thirsty. And you know what my dad did? You know what my dad did? That man right there, right there, right sitting right there on the front row, that man actually took that beer and he gave me a sip of it. Now, he didn't know it at the time, but listen, I was delivered from alcoholism at that very moment. I was totally delivered of alcoholism. I never wanted another sip of beer. I never wanted another sip of alcohol the rest of my life. It never was a temptation whatsoever. Beer, what are you talking about? I got some common sense here. I don't like beer. That's awful. But anyway, and so... um, forgot where I was. Oh, that was my testimony, okay? I mean, that was the bulk of my testimony. I'm saved when I was four years old. I was raised in church. You know what? I used to get up on the altar. I can remember whenever they'd have the kids' church, they'd actually sing, and we'd get up on the altar and actually begin to sing, uh, and I can remember doing that, me and my brother, And but I'm going somewhere, and i got to really bring this to an end quickly. But anyway, so I'm there at that meeting, and obviously it doesn't take me very long to give my testimony. There's nothing that is typical about a a full gospel business means, uh, testimony because they always are looking for the people that just got out of prison. They're looking for the people that, you know, they, they look like they've been road hard and put up with. You know what I'm talking about? Is that okay to say? Well, I said it anyway. But anyway, they look like they've had a rough life. I didn't look like I had a rough life. I'm all clean shaven, you know. I got my hair slicked back, and, you know, I've been serving God my whole life, so it didn't take very long for me to give my testimony. And so as soon as the testimony was finished, Gene Ford got up and said, you know, that's a great testimony. We appreciate Brother Robert coming. By the way, I want you to know, anybody here, now there's, about, there's at least 50 men there, and he said, anybody here that wants to receive a prophetic word, come up and line up over here on the left-hand side, and Brother Robert is going to prophesy to you. You didn't ask me about this. He said nothing about me prophesying to anybody But you know what? This is what I did. In those moments, you have to learn to say. I said in those kind of moments, you got to learn to say. You have to learn when you're on the spot to say, yes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I begin to cry out to God. I said, Lord, how am I going to do this? I don't even know what. I don't know how to do this. I've never done this before. And I heard the Lord say, follow the pattern. And so what I did, I began to rehearse in my mind, what does Dr. Bill Hammond do? What does Bishop Hammond do? And I went step by step. Step one, he lays hands on head. And so I laid hands on their head, the first one that was there. Step two, he'd pray a prayer. Lord, we don't know anything about this individual. The secret things belong to the Lord. So, Lord, we ask that you reveal the secret things that you want to be revealed right now. And so I prayed that. And step number three is he'd take them by the head he'd grab them kind of by the temples, you know, and give them a neck massage and pray in the Holy Ghost real strong. So I did that to every single one of them, you know, as they were going by. Step four is he would go, hmm, You know, that's, that's the time that you knew that the prophet was seeing everything that you ever did, right? Mm-hmm. But he did that, and I did it too. Step five, for the Lord would say, and this is what happened. For almost two hours I stood there and prophesied to every single person that was in that line. Listen, I said all that to say this it would not have happened if I would not have said yes I'm not beating myself on the chest but the reason there's a prophetic anointing operating within my life right now is because I said yes on fe- in February of 1988 whenever I didn't even know what I was doing you've got to learn to say yes to your commissioning you've got to learn to say yes to what God has called you to do you have to learn to say yes to your function in the body of Christ because hear me if you don't say yes, it won't get done. If you don't say yes, you won't see the promise. If you don't say yes, you won't see the blessing. How many of you want to see the promise and the blessing today? Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Pastor Joshua, forgive me. I went a little bit over. Hallelujah. We have 50 people to baptize between the two services. But God, so listen, right now, what's more important than anything else is that you say yes. You say yes to the call. You say yes to your commissioning. How many of you this morning are say, I'm gonna say yes to what God's called me to be. He's called me to look like him. He's called me to act like him. I'm gonna stop acting like the world. I'm gonna start acting like Jesus. I've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm gonna say yes to my commissioning. Yes to the job that God has for me. Yes to the function that God has for me in the body of Christ. Because hear this, if you don't do it, gotta raise up somebody else but you'll miss out on the reward. Listen, I don't want to miss out on the reward that God has for me, so I'm going to say yes to him. Can you lift your hands and just say just say yes to Jesus right there? Just begin so to say, Lord, I say yes to you today. Say, Come on, say, I say yes to you, Lord, today. I say yes to you, Lord, today. I say yes to you, Lord, today. Lord, I say yes to you. I say yes to your call. I say yes to your commissioning. I say yes to the function. Say yes to the gift. I say yes to your anointing. I say yes to everything that you have for me. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram, and don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.